0: Why Trump, Why Now? I Told You So, 2024. Quote, It is important, likewise, that the habits of thinking in a free country should inspire caution in those entrusted with its administration to confine themselves within their respective constitutional spheres, avoiding in the exercise of the powers of one department to encroach upon another. The spirit of encroachment tends to consolidate the powers of all the departments in one, and thus to create, whatever the form of government, a real despotism. George Washington It's hard not to notice the universal whining about the inevitable rematch between Trump and Biden. Biden is too old, they say, as if that's the worst thing about his presidency. Those who hate Trump and see him as an existential threat yes, still, have never devised any concrete plan to get us out of it beyond forcing us all to participate in their ongoing mass delusion that Trump is second only to Hitler as the greatest threat facing humankind in all of history. We're at a crossroads with two different options on the table. One leads to totalitarian rule of the 1984 kind, The other is a more nationalist approach to preserving our country's identity and uniqueness, resisting the urge to become part of a global community like Oceania. For podcast listeners, the world of 1984, Oceania, Eurasia, East Asia, and disputed. Running for president now means diving in and having an online presence, like Barack Obama did, like Donald Trump did. Biden didn't have to bother since he's really just a placeholder for the Obama administration and everyone knows it. Who will claim this powerful new Leviathan we've built over the past 20 years that has every step we take, every move we make, every post we like, everything we buy and everything we watch, tracked, traced and stored in a digital file, that will now be part of our permanent record. The Democrats got there first. They amassed an extraordinary amount of power to shape our perception of reality just by controlling Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Wikipedia, and most importantly, the mainstream media narrative, which now completely belongs to them as their own state propaganda tool. If you want to be part of this thriving new economy, You have to obey the rules of their habitus. Sociologists call our perception of reality the habitus explained here in this video about The Truman Show.
1: The habitus is a tool used by sociologists for describing the ways in which a society's culture functions. Society rests upon an enormous amount of unsaid rules and expectations. These are often performed without thinking about them. It's more like a learned skill than a conscious decision. Bourdieu, the French intellectual who brought the term to prominence, often compared it to sports. People tend to know the rules of the game. For example, it's generally accepted that when you're finished at the supermarket, you return your shopping cart. There's no personal reward or egotistic incentive, it's just learn polite expectation. In the context of the supermarket though, it's very important. The whole system would collapse without it. Some abstracts of the habitus are nearly invisible because they seem so natural to us. Even your taste in music or food are influenced by the habitus. This is because the cultural expectations that the habitus instills go so deep. They're established from the moment you're born, reinforced throughout your childhood by your family and then further built upon by your education and work. This then makes the habitus a self-perpetuating structure. Those brought up in certain habitus will nurture its specific values in their children for example, making sure the cycle continues. The Truman Show gives a literal picture of what a habitus can look like. We can see all the actors in the fictional Truman Show as being sucked into this. The actors act in certain learned ways in order to perpetuate the essence of the Truman Show. Now, the key difference between fiction and reality is the incentive. Literally, the actors in the fictional Truman Show are being paid to play their parts. But in the real world, people play their parts in the habitus because the habitus itself has conditioned them into it. Everyone is one of the actors. Everyone makes the delusion real. And what the Truman Show goes on to tell us is that when the habitus has been altered into something too detached from an authentic society, cracks start to show when lies start to perpetuate, when the ego gets in the way, when power corrupts, the habitus starts to break, and this ripples throughout entire civilizations. See throughout the movie's progression, we see Truman gradually wake up to the delusion that has consumed his life, which inevitably causes a breakdown of the entire habitus. The further Truman moves towards truth, the faster the delusion collapses, and thus the more resistance he faces.
0: And also in this scene from the Parallax view, which shows how easily our perception of reality can be shaped by images that enter our mind's eye without our even knowing it.
2: Welcome to the testing room of the Parallax Corporation's Division of Human Engineering. You will now please cross to the chair. And you will sit down. Make yourself comfortable and be sure to place each one of your hands on the box on either side of the chair, making sure that each one of your fingers is on one of the white rectangles. Just sit back, nothing is required of you except to observe the visual materials that are presented to you. Be sure to keep your fingers on the box at all times. All right. We hope you find the test. Pleasant experience.
0: Our habitus is a whole separate reality from the rest of this country. I know because I was once inside of it. I thought it was the only reality. I was shocked to discover that it wasn't. It was an insulated, isolated utopia, where we all saw life exactly the same way. We followed the same rules of language. We knew which words we couldn't say. We were trying to build a pristine new world inspired by Obama's goodness. Or so we thought. What is normal life to most Americans? Well, now it depends on what news you watch, who your friends are on social media, what comedians you find funny. Trump punctured the sanctity of our habitus in 2016, which is why it felt like the world was ending for most of us. It kind of was. In the years that followed, we saw what happens to a society when the habitus is disrupted. It felt like an invasion, a kind of war. Naturally, all cultural and corporate institutions that wanted to participate in the new economy online had no choice but to side with the left. Then came the purges and persecutions as the citizens of the habitus were forced to become authoritarians to hold on to their way of life. Who wore a mask, who didn't? Who was vaxxed and who wasn't? Who uses preferred pronouns and who doesn't? Who supports Ukraine and who doesn't? These were all subtle ways the citizens of the habitus used to ferret out the non-compliant and purge them from the habitus. At its most extreme, it was 2 plus 2 equals 5, 1984 style, which had us all mandated to accept people can be born in the wrong body and change their genders, and we're all supposed to pretend this is a biological reality. Until it became official policy, cancel culture was limited to institutions and corporations. Now it's in government, wielded freely by the Biden Justice Department, that feels emboldened to persecute and prosecute not just his political enemies, but enemies of the habitus. Bit by bit, these authoritarians are eroding our rights as Americans, Think about everything we've lost at the hands of the left. The right to due process or the presumption of innocence. The prosecutors going after Trump have already convicted him as a rapist and a racist and assumed everything he did on January 6th was due to his need to wrestle the country back to its white supremacist roots. The media freely refers to MAGA as a movement based on white rage, which is why none of the January 6th protesters have gotten a fair trial why Trump won't either. Justice Kavanaugh was a convicted rapist with almost zero evidence, all because at that time we were all conditioned to hashtag believe women no matter what. Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd because he was a racist. Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist who crossed state lines to kill black and brown people. They've even found a way to eliminate fair representation. Michael Teeter and the 65 Project threatened and intimidated Any lawyers who might dare to represent Trump in 2020 on his cases against the laws changed to help Democrats win. Now they're doing the same thing with the 65 Project charging Alan Dershowitz to block him from helping to advise any of the accused in the four indictments against Trump.
3: What I want to talk about today is something I've talked about before, but there are some new angles uh, on it. Um, as you know, there's an organization called the 65 Project. It's a group of radical, hard left, anti-Trump, get Trump lawyers um, that got together and said their goal is to try to disbar and discipline any lawyer who represented Trump or associates of Trump. Uh, the goal is to embarrass them, to discipline them and to make it impossible for them to uh, represent people who this group, the 65 Project, doesn't like. It's, it's, it's an old McCarthy idea. A tactic. It's the new McCarthyism of the left rather than the right. And as soon as I read what uh, Project 65 was doing, I did what I always do. I volunteered to represent uh, any lawyer who was targeted by the 65 project and to make constitutional defenses on their behalf. So I agreed to go to whatever state they were in and, and make the defense. Uh, under the Constitution. So what do you think, Project 65? Did they file the bar complaint against me, uh, thereby precluding me from appearing in in other states? You know, if you have a bar charge against you, they ask you about it if you try to get uh, what's called a pro-hoc pro admission in another state. And of course, you have to be totally frank and honest when you apply for ad hoc admission. So I'd have to say that um, I have a bar complaint. Against me, and I have to indicate what the board complaint was was based on. It was based on the fact that uh, in a case in Arizona, I challenged um, the uh, I challenged the um, uh, use in the future of machines, um, voting machines, unless the machine companies were prepared to um, to um, expose or allow experts to examine their mechanisms to be sure that they weren't capable of being hacked.
0: The Democrats hate the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. They've now abused their power in several states by citing the 14th Amendment to have Trump removed from the ballot because to them, he's committed an act of insurrection against the government. That's just more proof that due process no longer matters to them, but we knew that already. I hate to break it to the Democrats, but protesting their abuse of power to fundamentally alter our elections in 2020, gathering in D.C., and even the violent riot, were not attacks against the United States of America. They were protests against the alignment of power that has now overtaken the United States of America and threatened our democracy. When Elon Musk bought Twitter, it was the most revolutionary act in the history of the Internet. Musk's rebrand of Twitter to X shows us the alternative to the totalitarian state when he decided to fight for free speech and allow the previously banned dissidents to return. The horror, the evil. Musk became a target and a threat. But guess what? Twitter X survived just fine. The pearl clutchers learned how to tolerate sharing space with people who disagree with them. And so it must go with America. How wouldn't you know, Musk himself has now become a target of the government and their puppet press. This is our new normal if we don't vote them out of power and deliver the kind of shock and awe at the polls they so badly have coming. But Elon can't do it alone. We need a win by a candidate prepared to take America into the future. Holding fast and true to our principles as a country, it's going to take someone bold enough to take on the Leviathan doesn't have to be Trump but it does have to be someone who understands the internet and how it has fundamentally altered our country and why they need to dive in themselves and build a movement online like Vivek Ramaswamy has for podcast listeners a tweet by Ramaswamy that says quote here's the truth on how to win 2024 in a landslide stop talking about Joe Biden and start talking about our own vision the dirty little secret is that Biden isn't even the one who's in charge The people we elect to run the government aren't the ones who actually run the government right now. It's the managerial class in the deep state. We blew the 2022 midterms because we acted like a bunch of partisan hacks, spewing poll-tested platitudes about the failed Biden agenda. Well, we should expect the same fate in 2024 unless we level up and actually articulate what we stand for. I'm doing my part. End quote. Trump and Ramaswamy are the two candidates in the race right now who are selling hope, optimism, and patriotism. Here is a veteran of World War II thanking Ramaswamy for bringing back love of country.
2: I'd like to say uh, I'm a veteran of World War II. And what, and what, what you're saying, the words you're saying, are exactly what my generation grew up in. Children, adults stood at attention and crossed their heart when the flag passed by in the parade. School started with a prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. That's no longer going on. There was a loyalty and pride in America Children were leaving school, 12, 13 years old, and joining the service to protect our country. It was one country, yes. America. And I like your policies. I love to hear it because it's what I remembered. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.
0: But more importantly, they are war generals prepared to fight to preserve America's interests at the hands of a political party that really would love to tear our foundational principles down to the studs and rewrite America's identity as what Senator Tom Cotton once called the obelisk of woke. Any candidates on the right, like Mike Pence, Chris Christie, or Mitt Romney, aren't part of the daily churn online. They continue to rely on the media to get out their message but that just makes them useful idiots for the left because they'll only make news if they say something negative about Trump. The problem with Ron DeSantis is that he's too orderly. He's too polite. He should be online mixing it up with people if he wants to make his mark in this race. Relying on traditional media isn't going to cut it anymore. Ever notice how when Matt Walsh or Ben Shapiro or Megyn Kelly or Tucker Carlson trend on Twitter, it only makes them more popular? That's the only way to cut through the noise. Yes, Trump can win. Many conservatives worry that Trump can't win. Democrats, they believe, have rigged the system in their favor, and there is no defeating them now, so why even bother voting? Yes, that's exactly where they want you to be. They want the grassroots movement that is MAGA to shut up and sit down and fade into obscurity. But here's the truth. Trump can win on the economy alone. He can win on his own record on the economy, which ordinarily would have meant winning a decisive second term. But guess what? The Democrats faceplanted hard on the economy. Now Trump gets to come back and say, I told you so. His entire campaign can be, I told you so. Afghanistan, I told you so. The economy, I told you so. Biden's corruption. I told you so. Fake news. I told you so. World War III. I told you so. The deep state. I told you so. Woke insanity overtaking our schools, institutions, and sports. I told you so. Cognitive decline. I told you so. Crooked Hillary. I told you so. Cancel culture. I told you so. Joe's gotta go. I told you so. Even after everything they did in 2020, spending a billion using dark money, manipulating the media narrative and gaslighting Americans, Mark Zuckerberg's expertise in finding just the right voters in just the right areas, changing election laws to make it all easier for Democrats to collect votes, and even censoring big tech to bury the October surprise of the Hunter Biden laptop. After all that, Biden still just barely won Trump still won Ohio, Florida, and Iowa, not to mention all the bellwether counties in Ohio. That only happened one other time in 1960, when JFK narrowly defeated Nixon. Trump was not going to walk away from such a close election, and had every right to take his case to the Senate, which is what he planned to do on January 6. until, conveniently, a riot magically appeared to hand absolute power to the Democrats and shut down Trump's legitimate claims. In addition to every other terrible and corrupt thing the administrative state did to take Trump out of power, they insisted on putting the economy in an artificial coma, using COVID as the excuse. And it worked. They killed the economy. And it's never been brought back to life, not like it was. If Trump reminds voters of that every day until election day, he can win. And yes, ballot harvesting and early mail-in ballots are essential now, The Democrats made this bed, and now they'll have to lie in it. Just as they're doing now with the impeachment inquiry. How embarrassing to watch the obedient press do the Biden administration's bidding by repeating the phrase, no evidence. So get your giant bags ready to stuff them full of ballots like chipmunks storing acorns. Get ready to urge all of your voters to mail those ballots in early. No matter what Trump or anyone else tells you, The game must be played to win until those laws are changed. The Democrats want a WALL-E election, just like they want a WALL-E country. They want us numbed out and compliant. Never mind that participating in a democracy means being motivated by candidates who inspire us to vote for them. Take control of the system, or the system will take control of you. Reality 2024 It's not just a fight for control of this powerful new frontier, what the rules of language, ideology, and freedom of speech will be going forward. But we're really fighting for reality itself. Who gets to decide that for the rest of us? What we need is reality back, reality 2024. I can make the argument that regardless of how you feel about Trump, whether you think he's a good person or not, if you care about freeing this country from the ongoing mass delusions of everything from gender-affirming care to Trump is worse than Hitler and Stalin, then a vote for him is a message to the establishment to stop destroying our country with your enforced delusions. Stop lying to us. We're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. And yes, Trump can only serve one term. But that is enough to shut down the mass delusion and restore reality. Trump isn't the only candidate who can adequately smack down the encroaching authoritarianism. But he is their target today. Everyone else is their target tomorrow. A Trump win is a win for the people against the monopolies and oligarchies that have assumed power that never belonged to them. For podcast listeners, a tweet from Dom Luker. Quote, if Trump never ran, I would have no reason to fight. Just like many people like me, President Trump was the man that broke the simulation. The only man I've seen that's worth risking my life for. He is coming back, and it's because we all made it so. Together we are unstoppable. End quote. Most importantly, Trump offers so many people in this country who have been abandoned, ignored, and exiled from the habitus in the New America Online The one thing Biden can't. Hope. Hope for a free America. Hope for a prosperous America. Hope for an escape from the madness of the left. The MAGA energy is unstoppable, especially if they're mobilizing to clear their names, which is what they should be doing. And all of us who still believe in the presumption of innocence and who reject convicting people on spectral evidence, what we believe exists in their minds and hearts instead of the reality of who they are. Here's the reality of the MAGA I know. They aren't violent. January 6th was the only time, conveniently, that they were ever seen throwing the kinds of violent riots the left routinely does. They are patriots. They love this country more than anything. They believe in its founding principles. They seek to protect all of us in this country. And trust me, if there is a hot war with Russia, they're going to be the first sent to die for this country. That their patriotism has been distorted, that they've been discarded as terrorists and extremists by the most corrupt administration in my lifetime is unacceptable. But none of this can win the election for Trump. There is only one thing that can. It's the economy, stupid. I told you so. 2024. Thank you for listening to my podcast, SashaStone.Substack.com Hope you have a wonderful weekend and remember, to thine own self be true.
4: But my dream, it lingered near In the fire shining valleys Where the pure air are recognized And my been truly open That I'd awaken to the cry That the people have the power To redeem the work of fools From the meek, the grace of shower It's decreed that people rule. I saw fountains that cream the waters rise and we stroll there together when none to laugh or criticize and the leopard. I lay down into my sleep and I commit my dream to you. decreed the people rule